0: Hi, we're Steve and Diana Smith, and we want to welcome you to our home. We just wanted to send you a quick message. As you can see from outside, we're in the middle of a cold winter. This is January 24th that we're recording this. We've already had almost 20 inches of snow this, this month and a lot of rain. We've missed a lot of church services, a lot of school, but the Lord has been faithful, and we're thankful to welcome you to our home.
1: And we did year of 2021, the same way we always do. We brought in the new year at our Lee County Rec Center, and we had 72 teens that came out for that. Um, It gives us a good time to be able to interact with the youth in our community. And in particular, I got to meet one of the girls that rides on Steve's bus, his school bus. Her name was Trinity. And during the billiards competition, when she was playing, I got to talk to her, and I asked her if she wanted to come to church, to our youth group. And she said, well, yeah, I think I might like to do that and kids always say stuff like that. So I didn't really expect that she would, but she ended up coming to youth group and she enjoyed it. And it just happened to be that they were talking about the Trinity that night. So that intrigued her.
0: We've been really busy at camp with maintenance work and working on finishing up some construction projects, doing a lot of inside work that needed to be done. So we've been staying busy that way.
1: I spend a lot of my time each week preparing lessons. I teach Sunday school class, a Wednesday night kids youth class, and Thursday night we are with the ladies at the jail. And they have been very engaged and um, been getting really good response and they've um, been asking questions and so just pray for us that we always have wisdom and knowing what to share with them and that they will grow in the Lord and that those who don't know the Lord will come to know him as their savior.
0: And we, each year we try to go on an outing with our youth from Ida May Bible Church uh, to the Lexington Ice Center, which is an ice skating rink in Lexington, Kentucky, which is about an hour and a half away. And it's a really big deal for these kids to be able to do that. We had 19 kids ranging in age from, what, first grade on up through high school. Out of Usually we have 30 kids, but, but we had 19 that were able to go. We took them to Steak and Shake to eat, and we went to the ice skating rink, and we had a really good time with them. So we want to thank you for your time and for uh, being here with us today. And we would ask you to pray for us for the upcoming camp season, for the uh, retreats and summer camps that we're looking forward to. Pray that for staffing, pray for junior staff, counselors, and pray for full-time workers. Our staff is getting older, and we are short we need full-time workers, so pray for us and we'll pray for you. Hope you have a good uh, missions conference, and we're glad to be a part of that.
1: Thank you.
2: Good morning, Hope Church. My words are used up. My soul is so full, and yet I struggle to find the words to tell you what a blessing it is to be here today. So many memories Uh, I don't want to dwell in the past, Steve and Diana Smith. In 1973, I was the youth pastor at Hope Church, and I, along with two other adults, Bill, Jay, uh, your mom, went with me on that trip for the first time to Kentucky Mountain Mission. And Steve was one of our high school kids who went along. Little did we know he would end up there the rest of his life. So we are really, really blessed, and um, I'm going to stop there, or that's all I'll do. Um, and But I got to tell you, there's a greater honor that I have today, and, and that honor is being asked to speak on God's heart for the nations. Um, there's no other thing that is more, greater than that, because I'm convinced that World Missions is not just a program I'm convinced it is the profound passion of God's heart. Years ago, Pastor John Piper said, from time to time in the life of the church, it becomes crucial that pastors rehearse truths about missions that feed a passion for God's supremacy among the nations. And that's why I'm here. I'm just a pastor who has a heart for missions and Clint, I want to thank you for allowing me to be here today in your place. I am so honored to do that, to partner, to partner with you. Now, my goal this morning is simple. I hope to preach the simplest missions message you've ever heard. Call it Missions 101. And that means if you're a mature believer, I trust everything you'll hear today, you'll, you'll feel affirmed. And you'll go out of here saying, yes! And if you're a new believer or new to missions, I hope to give you something so simple that you not only will remember, but it will be a challenge to you. I, I hope it's so easy that, that you can sit down with someone, maybe over lunch, and just simply write a few words down to explain why, Hope Church, we do missions. I, I want to give you three compelling biblical reasons why still in 2022 we do missions. Now, there may be dozens of reasons. Quite frankly, there are almost 7 billion reasons. But I want us to see three reasons why our world still the way it is, our communities, uh, why do we still do missions? That, that's all I want to do today. First, the first compelling reason is we do missions, Hope Church, because of the words of Jesus. Say that with me. The words of Jesus. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Mark 16. You're in a study, you're in a series on the book of Mark, so go to the end of the book. To some of the final words that Jesus spoke. Mark 16, verse 15 Jesus said to them, he was speaking to the eleven, and he said these words, Go. Go where? Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. The reason we do mission is because of these words of Jesus. And let's just lift up three of these words he said. First, he said go. And church, go means go. It actually means go going. It means as you are going. In other words, don't stay. To a church, that means don't remain inwardly focused. And yet, sadly, that's where most churches are. Less than 3% of churches in the states have any kind of missions program. So you are in the huge minority, less than 3%. The local church that remains inwardly focused will die. The reason we do missions is because of the words of Jesus. Jesus said, go, going. And then notice he went on to say, as you go, preach. Now, he didn't mean like this, preach, but he meant tell, proclaim, declare the good news. Now, I know there are some here who you may struggle with that. You may not say it. But you're thinking, why can't we just leave people alone out there? Let them reason themselves to God. Listen carefully. The message of Christianity is not intuitive. And, and what I mean by that is, is people, you, you don't go off by yourself and conclude your need for a savior. This, this may surprise you, but Christianity is not simply theology or philosophy Not even morality. It certainly isn't ethics or a set of values and thankfully it's not a set of rules, although we try to do that. Christianity is found and grounded in history. Meaning the only way others can know, apart from divine revelation, and we live in a day where, where we hear many Muslims have visions and dreams, but apart from divine revelation... The only way people can know is that someone tells them. Someone points them. You see, the the apostles realized the reason they had to talk about it is because they had seen it. They had heard it. They had touched it with their own hands. They had seen and heard the impossible. And their message was radically different from all others, all other religions, all other philosophies. You see, I could send you off on your own, and you may be able to conclude that God exists. The New Testament actually says that we are without excuse. We we have creation, we have creeds, we we, we have our conscience. So I can send you off, and and you could even conclude that God exists, and, and perhaps that God is good. Most religions believe in God, or many gods, Most religions believe in a good God, but from there, they all pretty much teach the same thing, that the way good people, and we're all good, right? The way good people connect with a good God is by being good. It just makes sense. I'm a good person capable of doing enough good things to work, to earn, to achieve my way to a good God. That is where almost every religion ends up. Not that I'm a sinner, not that I'm in need of a savior, but rather that I am good enough. You see, that is not our gospel. That's not the good news that Jesus told us to preach. And that's why you and I must speak up Because your friends, your neighbors, your business associates, your relatives assume salvation is achieved by attempting to be good, good enough. And if you and I don't tell them, how are they going to know? We do missions because of the words of Jesus. Jesus said, go as you're going, preach, tell them. It's not about being good enough. And thirdly, Jesus said all. He said, go into all the world. He actually said it twice, preaching the good news to all creation. Matthew would talk about all nations. So all the world, all creation, all nations. We'll talk about that more in a moment. But note that key word, all. Remember, in most churches, if missions exist at all, it's kind of a P.S., It gets the leftovers, but not so with Jesus. His words are our mandate. Hope Church, we do missions because of the words of Jesus. He said, go. He said, tell. And he said, all. All. Now, I told you this is going to be the simplest message you'll ever hear. The first reason we do missions is because of the words of Jesus. Now, we could stop there. And that would be enough. That would be our mandate. Well, let's go to the second compelling reason, Hope Church, why we still do missions. We do missions not only because of the words of Jesus, but we do missions because of the example by Jesus. Say that with me. The example by missions. You're in Mark 16. Now go all the way to Mark chapter 1. Which for me contains one of the most powerful verses about what missions is. In Mark 1, verse 38, Jesus said these words Let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. This is why I have come. Hope Church, we do missions because of the example by Jesus. In verse 27, We learned that the people were amazed at what Jesus was doing. And verse 28 tells us that news about Jesus was spreading like crazy. And as a result, people were bringing to Jesus the sick, the demon possessed. And we read in verse 32 the whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many. But eventually, nighttime came, and it was time to go, it was time to eat, it was time to go to bed. And you know what happened? Early the next morning, before the sun came out, there were throngs of people waiting to see Jesus again. It reminds me of one of the places that we were able to travel uh, the country of Pakistan. And there, only 10 miles from where Osama bin Laden was killed, sits Bach Christian Hospital. And there is this hospital that serves that community, and every morning about 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, hundreds of people gather outside the gates. Now, they do a good job with them. They give them numbers and so on. But there they are in the early morning waiting to be seen, just waiting to be cared for. This wonderful facility run by missionaries that I know that have been there for four decades. His parents served in Pakistan and saw less than this many Muslims to come to Christ. And as already been pointed out today by one of our missionaries, more Muslims have come to Christ now than in decades and decades. But there at Bach Christian Hospital, early every morning, there are hundreds of people come to be cared. Well, that's what was happening here with Jesus. Hundreds of people had gathered there. The only problem is Jesus was nowhere to be found. And we know where he was. He had gone off to a solitary place. And when the disciples looked for him, Peter finally found Jesus. And he said, hey, Jesus, everyone is looking for you. And because what Peter wanted to do is he wanted to keep this thing going. They had a good thing going. They wanted to extend it. When Billy Graham went to L.A., really was was his uh, pivotal uh, crusade. He went there for a set time, a week or two, And there was such a response, he ended up staying there for weeks upon weeks. And that's what Peter kind of wanted Jesus to do. But that's not what Jesus did. When Peter interrupted Jesus saying, everyone's looking for you, Jesus spoke these words. Let us go somewhere else so I can preach there also. This is why I Have come. And you know what the disciples were thinking? They were thinking, You've got to be kidding. Are you crazy? And in so doing, Jesus set our example. Now, why would Jesus say, Let's go somewhere else when there were throngs of people waiting to see him? Because Jesus came to reach more than one place, more than one town, more than one region, more than one people, more than one nation. Once Jesus bore witness to who he was, he would leave eyewitnesses in that area and he would do exactly this. He would say, let us go somewhere else to to those who had not yet heard. His strategy, his purpose was to leave witnesses who would preach the gospel to everyone, everywhere. The same thing happened when Jesus went to Samaria, to that famous well, the woman at the well who after he told her all about her, she believed and came to Christ. She ran to the city, and we read that many people came as a result. And when Jesus came to town, they begged Jesus to stay. And he did stay for two days. And then he left, doing the same thing there that he had done in Capernaum. Why do we do missions? It's because of the example of Jesus. I must go somewhere else, to the place, to the person, to the nation who is yet to hear. Preach the gospel to all peoples, to all nations, and, and to all peoples. And so there always must be people among us that are passionate of taking the gospel to those who have yet to hear this is the example of Jesus. I was reading through the book of Acts, and and in, in some of the middle chapters, I found it interesting. Chapters 8, 9, and 10, I came across the word go in every chapter. In chapter 8, the angel appeared to Philip, and he said, Philip, go. In chapter 9, God came to Ananias, and he said, Ananias, go. In chapter 10, he came to Peter in a vision, and he said, Peter, go, because missions is to go. In Acts chapter 8, He told Philip, Go to the desert. To Ananias, he said, Go across town. To Peter, he said, Go to the front gate. Go. To Philip, he wanted him to go to a foreigner, an Ethiopian. To Ananias, he wanted him to go to a fellow Hebrew, Saul. To Peter, he wanted him to go to a Gentile, a Roman. Talk about missions one from Europe, Cornelius, one from Israel, Saul and one, an African, from Ethiopia. One far, one in the city, one to the front gate. Do you hear it? Go, go. As you go to the desert, as you go to the front gate, as you go to the cross city, preach. And in each of these places, God had a divine appointment. So much so that Peter responded, I now accept that God desires people from every nation who fear him. Hope Church, we still do missions because of the words of Jesus and the example of Jesus. Let us go somewhere else. This is why we must have those in our midst who constantly remind us of those who have yet to hear, those who have no clue clue who Jesus is, those places where the gospel is yet known, where the Bible is yet to be translated. Because if we don't tell them, they think they can be good enough. We do missions because of the words of Jesus, because of the example by Jesus. And then thirdly, and finally, we do missions, Hope Church, because of the promise to Jesus. Say that with me. The promise to Jesus. The words of Jesus the example by Jesus, and a promise to Jesus. Here we move to the Old Testament, to Psalm chapter 2, where there's a conversation that takes place, first between an earthly king and a son. But this conversation, more importantly, is a preview of a future conversation that will take place between Father and Son Jesus. It takes place after Jesus Conquered sin and death. Listen to Psalm 2, verses 7 and 8. Father says to Jesus, You are my son. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possessions. Here we see a promise, a guarantee from Father to his son. Now, why would God give such a promise to Jesus? I think there are two reasons. First, because God knew that nothing delighted Jesus more than people from every nation declaring him Lord. Missions tells us that Jesus' desire is the nations. At Christmas, we sing it the other way around. We sing, dear desire of every nation. But here we see the nations are Jesus' desire. How cool is that? And we know this from Revelation 7. I looked in there before me, John said, and he saw a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, and people and language standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. That will be the fulfillment of this promise. One day Jesus will look from his throne, seeing all the colors, hearing all the languages, receiving all the various forms of worship, God the Father said to the Son, Ask of me, and I will give you the nations. The second reason Father made this promise to his Son is because Jesus was the victor. Jesus died, thus there was an inheritance. But Jesus rose again, and thus he received the inheritance as promised. As said by Paul, God exalted Jesus to the highest place, And gave him the name that is above every name. In the book of Esther, the king made an offer to the queen. He said, Esther, ask of me, what is your request? Even up to half the kingdom, it will be granted. But father offered no such limitation to Jesus. The nations, all the nations will be yours. Now listen carefully. Why do we do missions, Hope Church? Ultimately, because God gave his word. God's very integrity rests on the fulfillment of this promise to his son. So I ask, since God gave his word to Jesus, since God gave this promise to his son, since God's reputation is at stake, why would you and I not desire to be involved in the fulfillment of this promise? by praying, by encouraging those who go, by giving, by by strategizing, by going. Missions is the church. Churches just like Hope Church, bringing to Jesus redeemed men and women from all peoples and nations of the earth until at last Jesus has received his full inheritance. That's why Jesus said, go, preach to all. That's why Jesus said, let's go somewhere else so I can preach there. That's why God said to his son, ask of me and I will make the nations your inheritance. Now you see why I said, as I began, missions is not just a program. It is the profound passion of God's heart. Hope Church for generations, has been a place that God has blessed. And I am convinced God blesses the church that makes missions a priority. I'm not suggesting God only blesses a church that makes missions a priority, but I believe it to my core that the church that makes missions a priority will be blessed by God. So we not only have these great stories from the past, of Steve Smith going on a youth trip, and that's what he did the rest of his life. Of Pat Turner listening to Doug Howe, spending years in Ecuador. Those are all stories past. But I believe God has stories future for West, for, for how I said West over my church, for, for Hope Church. Because I am convinced, Hope Church, missions is a part of your DNA. And I believe God is gonna repeat these stories again and again to generations and generations. And that's why when I received this invitation, I was not only blessed to think I get to come back and stand here where I preached my first message ever 100 years ago as a youth pastor. (laughs) I just can't tell you how moving it was. Where I stood right here, and married Donna Caclar, where as a 20-year-old, you stupidly hired me as your youth pastor. <laughs> seeing all kinds of kids. I-, I can't tell you how moved I am to be here. But that's not what this weekend is about. This weekend is about reminding ourselves why priority is a Missions is not a program. It's not something we do one weekend out of a year. It's God's passion. And I simply wanted to remind you today of why we do missions. We do missions because of the words of Jesus. He told us to go. He told us, change the wrong thinking that people can be good enough to God and tell them their need of a savior. The wonderful story of the cross and tell it to everyone everywhere. And don't stop until the task is done. And we do missions because Jesus set the example for us. He had throngs of people in front of him. He could have been busy for days upon days, but his task wasn't to stay in one place. His task was to leave witnesses, local churches, elders, pastors, but his task was to remind pastors and elders in the local church Let us go somewhere place, somewhere else, to the nearby villages so I can preach there where the gospel hasn't been preached. That's why I've come. He set the example. And we do missions ultimately is because God set his reputation on it. God made a promise to his son. And he promised his son that in victory, I'm going to give you the nations as the inheritance. So church... This is our calling. We know the Great Commission, we read it. But, church, you not only have the Great Commission, you have a great prophecy. Jesus said to us, You church believers will go to the ends of the earth. To me, the greatest prophecy yet to come is Even so come, Lord Jesus. But if I'm going to rank them, The second prophecy is this gospel is going to be preached to the ends of the earth. You and I get to be a part, not only of the Great Commission, but of this great promise. But even greater than that, you and I have a grand guarantee. Because Jesus said, the gospel will be preached to the ends of the earth. And then the end will come. The question, therefore, becomes... Not whether is missions, is the gospel going to go to the ends of the earth. We have God's guarantee. We have God's promise. The question ultimately is, are you and I going to be involved? Are we going to participate? And today, at the end of this conference, you will have the opportunity. And one of the ways to do that is financially. It's just one of the many ways that you can participate. So let me close with the words. Again, I'm going to quote Pastor John Piper. He said, ultimately, it's not the cause of God nor the cause of world missions that we'll lose. That's a given. That's a guarantee. That's a promise. Instead, he said, we will lose. His triumph is never in question. Only our participation in missions is. God calls these wonderful people. It takes us to send them, to pray for them, to encourage them, to follow them. It takes us being the church to do this thing that we call World Missions. Hope Church, it is an honor to be here and I wouldn't want to be here any other Sunday than on the closing Sunday of the Missions Conference. Let's pray. Father, in this room, Thank you for those that have gone and circled the globe. Their job description varied from teachers to medical to you name it. But the goal has been to unleash your word because you have promised us that your word is not bound. And long after every missionary comes home, retires, your word still lives for it is active and powerful and it will not return void, and I pray that you would bless Pastor Clint, his staff, the people that he loves, and I pray that you would renew the history of Hope Church, not for history's sake, not for great stories, but to believe that you have greater things ahead. So I pray for this body, that you would give them renewed vision of places, where the gospel is yet to be told. And I pray that missions would continue to be a driving force, following the words that your son said, the example that he said, and, Father, the promise you made to him. And I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Go